0: Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, April 25th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we recap a pretty good weekend of Orioles baseball on the West Coast. The O's take two out of three from the Los Angeles Angels and win another series here on the season. They do now sit at six and ten, but... That may have been their best series of baseball so far this year. And I'll give you my three big takeaways from this weekend series, including Bruce Zimmerman's continued dominance on the mound. The offense, including guys like Mountcastle and Mancini, finally started to heat up. And the Orioles finally finding their closer for this year in Jorge Lopez. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today we recap a series win for the Orioles in Anaheim against the Angels. And, you know, for the Orioles' second series win of the year, I thought they played some pretty good baseball. Even though they lost the Sunday game, they they played some pretty good baseball. We are going to break it all down here on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're going to get to our three big takeaways from the Orioles weekend series win over the Angels. But first, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day, Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we continue to have record-setting weeks, week after week, uh, setting new high numbers on listenership and downloads for the episodes here in the month of April. And specifically, just got to thank you all for being along for the ride. This today is episode number 500 that I have recorded since taking over as host of the Locked On Orioles podcast back in late January of 2020. It's been well over two years as the host of this pod, and this is my 500th episode. Just wanted to thank you all for helping me grow this product, grow this podcast, and sticking along for the ride. Now we're on YouTube here as well, and uh, just can't thank you all, the listeners, enough. So thanks again for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. And for your first listen today... Three big takeaways from the Orioles' series win over the Angels as the O's win it 5-3 in the Friday game, win it 5-4 on Saturday, and then fall 7-6 in the finale on Sunday. Now 6-10 and 10 on the season with their second series win of the year. And we start here with the first big takeaway of the weekend, and that is Bruce Zimmerman is doing a heck of a job stepping into the number one role right now in the Orioles' rotation. Because as we know, as we found out over the weekend, John Means is done for the year and probably for longer. He announced on Twitter this weekend that he will be undergoing Tommy John surgery. He's going to head down to Texas, get the surgery actually on Wednesday. He will miss the rest of the 2022 season. Tommy John, usually about 12 to 18 months. He definitely won't be ready for opening day, I wouldn't think, of 2023. The question really becomes... When will he be ready in 2023? And also, if he'll even be able to pitch in 2023. Because sometimes the rehab takes slower for some guys, and there's a potential he misses all of this season and next season and isn't back until 2024. But we're going to get into all of that more on tomorrow's episode. But today is about what Bruce Zimmerman did on Friday, helping the Orioles to a 5-3 win in Game 1 of the series. Zimmerman's line, six-plus innings, five hits, three runs, two of them earned, six strikeouts, one walk, he threw 76 pitches. He allowed just four hard hit balls, and he had 12 whiffs on the day. And he was the first pitcher this season for the Orioles, first starting pitcher, to pitch into the seventh inning. And that's where I want to start because, I mean, Zimmerman just kind of rolled through. I mean, you know, I was watching the game fairly intently, uh, but it but it looked away for a little bit for about a half inning, and had come back, and, and it was in the sixth, and 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 Bruce was in the the low 60s in the pitch count, rolling through the sixth inning. And that's why he came back out for the seventh. And I and I get it. The seventh did not go his way. You know, he comes out there, he allows the leadoff guy on, and then he hangs the change up and Anthony Rendon hits a two-run homer, makes it a 5-3 game, and Zimmerman leaves without recording an out in that seventh. But shout out to the bullpen, came in, got nine outs for the victory for the Orioles, but... It was really, you know, it kind of felt like that was the only bad pitch Bruce made all day. A hanging change to a really, really good hitter in Anthony Rendon. And he hits it out to, you know, get those two runs. And those were the first two earned runs allowed by Bruce Zimmerman all year. The run he had allowed earlier in the game was unearned because of an error in left field from Anthony Santander. And so, you know, if he just pitches the six, he still got a zero ERA. But he came out in the seventh for good reason. He was in the, I don't even think he was at 70 pitches when he entered the seventh inning. Let him roll. And again, you know, he didn't fare so well those first two batters. The bullpen got it done. But, I mean, man, overall just so, so good. 12 whiffs on 76 pitches. That's a a pretty good number for Bruce Zimmerman. Five of them came on that changeup. Four of them came on the slider. And he's really continuing to go to those other pitches and not so much that fastball. We've talked about it on this this podcast. We're going to talk about it more tomorrow when I kind of break down the Bruce Zimmerman role and why he's kind of turning into John Means 2.0 right now. But, Bruce, the fastball is not good. You know, guys hit over 350 against it the last couple of years. They were close to 400 against that fastball last year. And, you know, he threw 26 fastballs on Friday. That was still his most used pitch. But and it was interesting. StatCast labeled five of those fastballs as sinkers. That'll be something to monitor. You know, it could just be a glitch in the system. But if they continue to come up as sinkers, that'll be something that'll be a, a little interested in. But... 26 fastballs, 21 changeups, 17 curveballs, and 12 sliders on Friday for Bruce Zimmerman. That's a pretty good pitch mix. And when, listen, going into, or excuse me, after the start Friday, fastball getting hit over 400, changeup getting hit at just a 200 average by opponents, and he hasn't allowed a hit on either breaking ball, the curveball or the slider all year, Throw those pitches more. And he's done a good job this year. His fastball usage continues to go down. Friday was his lowest fastball usage of the season. But you got to bring it down even more. I would not be mad at all to see that changeup be the number one most used pitch for Bruce Zimmerman. I mean, that thing is nasty. It's got all this arm side run. He got five whiffs on it. It was just so good. He pitches into the seventh. And, I mean, how about, you know, we'll finish here with Bruce Zimmerman. Because, you know, he's just, he's taking it to another level. Because, I'm going to go really in depth on Bruce on tomorrow's episode, but how about that fourth inning from Bruce Zimmerman? I mean, just clap it up for Bruce right there, the hometown kid. Comes out in the fourth inning, top of the lineup do up for the Angels Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon. Those are three MVP level players. He goes strikeout, 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 strikes out the side. Otani, Trout, Rendon made it look easy, had all three players looking silly. That was the best inning from an Orioles starter. Not named John Means in a long time. Like, a, a too long of a time. Probably since Kevin Gosman did something. It was fun to watch. And he made those three great hitters look silly. And I just get excited. Like Zimmerman is scheduled to pitch the final game of the series against the Yankees in New York on Thursday. I can't wait to watch him pitch again. That's how I felt about John Means. That's what we'll get to more tomorrow. But first, we got two more takeaways coming up. From this weekend. And next up. You know the pitching was good this weekend. But finally. We saw some offense. The Orioles scored at least five runs. In all three games. And we're going to break down. Why that happened. And who got hot. For the Orioles in Anaheim. But first. With spring in the air. It's a time of renewal. And growth. Personally and professionally. As your small business grows. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier. To find people. You want to talk to faster and for free LinkedIn from experience. It's a pretty dang good site to hire and to find jobs as well. And you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people to hire. It's why small business rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we're taking a look at the Orioles' series win over the Angels. They take two of three from Anaheim, their second series win of the year. And we get to our second big takeaway of the weekend. And that is the Oriole offense, specifically the guys at the top that we're expecting to produce, finally started to heat up in Anaheim this weekend. Now, listen, nobody tore the cover off the ball, which is interesting. But the Orioles got kind of a one through nine production this weekend. And that is why this team, which basically could not score all season, I mean, it got absolutely ridiculous. Remember those first three games of the Oakland series this week? They scored one run in each of those first three games. They put it together, and they scored five, five, and six runs. I mean, 5.3 runs per game? I'll take that. That's pretty good, especially with how bad the offense has been earlier in the year. And, you know, first, Ryan Mountcastle started to swing the bat a little bit better. Mountcastle was clearly the player of the game on Saturday, drove in the first run with an RBI single and had the winning hit, a 2 RBI single in the 7th that put the Orioles up 5 to 4. And I mean, listen, the total on the weekend he was 4 for 14, but he did have 4 ribbies and you know, he hit some balls hard. And he finally just started to get those hits with runners in scoring position that he hadn't been getting all year. Had two of them in the big win on Saturday. That was big. How about Trey Mancini? I mean, even he didn't have the best weekend. Statistically, he was three for 12, but he did drive in four runs. He finally went deep. Finally goes deep again with the three-run homer in the third inning. Finally gets his first home run of the year. That got the O's back in that Sunday game. You know, they trailed 6 nothing after that first inning. Yet Chris Ellis, couldn't get anybody out. Leaves with the shoulder injury. You know, Orioles called it shoulder discomfort for now. He'll get more tests. Travis Lakens comes in, gives up the grand slam to Joe Adele. It's 6-0 Angels with nobody out in the bottom of the first inning. You think, oh, this game's over. Well, Trey Mancini hits the three-run homer off of Jose Suarez in the third. All of a sudden, it's 6-3, and you're right back into it, he crushed that ball to left field. And that was the thing with Mancini this weekend. He only had three hits, but Mancini had seven hard-hit balls this weekend. That is a baseball that comes off the bat at 95 miles per hour or more in terms of exit velocity. He had seven of them this weekend. He was three for 12. He legitimately should have been at least six for 12 in the three games in Anaheim this weekend. It was ridiculous. It's ridiculous to have seven hard hit balls and only have three hits. That hurts. He was smashing the ball around the field. I mean, even in the game on Saturday, you know, he comes up in that game in the seventh inning. Orioles are trailing... 4-2. 4-2. They've got the bases loaded with one out. And Mancini goes ahead 3-0. and And you're thinking, oh, this is an easy take. 3-0 bases loaded in the seventh. You know, Even if he throws a strike, you're still in a good spot trying to get that run home. He swings away on a pitch middle-middle, and he crushes it on a line to left field, unfortunately, right at the left fielder. Now, he got the RBI, ended up being a sack fly, and you know, made it a 4-3 game at that point. But even balls like that, you know, he's crushing balls into the gap, and they're running it down. He was unlucky, and he still had a good weekend and still got that homer. And that home run in the third... Was the Orioles' first home run in eight days? The power had not been there at all for the Orioles, and we know the Orioles of old, relying on the home run, they haven't been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark at all this season. It's been kind of dreadful, and it really hasn't been, you know, what you thought it would have been. Like, oh, the fault of the you know the left field wall being moved back to Camden Yards. No, they can't hit them out at other parks, and only one ball all season at Camden Yards. Has the left field wall played a factor? It was a Trey Mancini ball he hit off the wall in that opening series against the Brewers that, you know, last year would have been a homer. That's the only one. So that really hasn't even been the issue. seems like the baseball is deadened a little bit and, you know, offense is down and home runs are down a bit across baseball right now. But Trey Mancini needed that homer. He's been hitting the ball really hard. And here's the thing about Trey. The breakout is coming this week. At Yankee Stadium, I bet he hits at least two homers in the three games. And then the homestand, ten games at Camden Yards, he's going to start to break out. Because he's swinging the bat really, really well right now. And the results are going to start to really come. And they did on Sunday with the three-run homer. I mean, you had Austin Hayes finally break through and hit his first homer of the season. Had the big two-run homer in the seventh on Sunday that, you know, got the Orioles all the way back. Two-run shot that tied that game at six in the seventh. And, you know, hanging breaking ball, he turns on it. You know, a little flair. A little backdrop for Hayes, loved it and hits the two-run homer, and that was the Orioles' first multi-homer game of the season. So not only does Trey hit the homer for the first homer in eight days, Hayes hits the homer and they've got the, the the multi-homer game for the first time this year. It's Trey and Austin, each of their first home runs. This is a good sign. And even though those both happened in the Sunday game, which is obviously the game the Orioles lost, gave up the the run in the seventh inning, ended up losing seven to six. Good things ahead for the offense that really really struggled early this year. I mean, you even had the catchers producing and they don't even have Adley Rutschman yet. Now they might have Adley Rutschman soon because as we learned on Sunday, Adley Rutschman is going to start a rehab assignment in high A Aberdeen this week. He's going to be joined by DL hall in Aberdeen this week. So uh, we're closer than you think maybe to see Adley, but the catchers were hitting. You had Anthony Ben in Saturday's game in his revenge game. The former angel with a two hit day, a single and a double. Robinson Chirinos returns after taking that pitch off the face, comes into the game Friday, opens the scoring with a two-run opposite field single to put the O's up 2-0 in the Friday game. He had a two-hit day Friday. Ben Boom has a two-hit day Saturday. Guys up and down the lineup were producing more this weekend, getting it done offensively. And when you score 16 runs in three games, after those first three games in Oakland, you scored three runs, you got to feel a whole lot better. And yes, Things would have felt even better if the Orioles could have completed the comeback Sunday. They came back to tie it, ended up losing seven to six. They had chances, you know. They left the bases loaded in the fifth. They left second and third with two outs in the sixth. They couldn't get those extra runs home, but they're getting the base runners. They're bringing them home a little bit more. Listen, the runners in scoring position numbers, which were abysmal early in the year, they went eight for thirty-one with runners in scoring position in these three games over the weekend. And when you take a team that was 10 for 90, I think at one point, with runners in scoring position, 8 for 31, which is a 258 batting average, pretty dang good compared to what they've been doing. So I think that's going to keep up. They're getting the base runners. The power's starting to come. And the offense that we thought the Orioles would have, you know, that would be better than the pitching, it's been the flip flop so far. But I think that offense is going to come around. And look, they got a ballpark in Yankee Stadium that can help that. Watch out, Yankees. Orioles are coming for another series win. This week, we've got one more takeaway to get to, and it goes back to the pitching side. It's the bullpen, and it's a guy in Jorge Lopez who I think this weekend pretty much locked up the ninth inning role for the time being for the Orioles. But before we get there, just do have to talk about Bilt Bar, because, you know, after a long weekend of watching Orioles baseball, especially on the West Coast, you know, a long week of watching West Coast games, you had the two games in Oakland that started At almost 10, 9.30 game Friday, 9 o'clock game on Saturday, even Sunday in Anaheim. It was a 4 o'clock game, but it was almost a four-hour baseball game. you got to re-energize after all that. Get ready for the next day. That's where Built Bar comes in. It's the protein bar that gives you that fuel, gives you that protein, 17 grams, but it's good for you. That is the big thing. And here's the other thing. Tastes great. It tastes like a candy bar. A candy bar, it's literally like eating a candy bar. They got these flavors like white chocolate chunk, peanut butter brownie, mint chocolate, all these great flavors. You you will not be able to tell you're eating a protein bar, but it's good for you. It's got all the goodness of a protein bar. So head to built.com to get these great protein bars. You keep thinking Built Bar can't continue to do this? Well, they do. And if you head to built.com, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at Built.com. So the Orioles take two out of three from the Angels on the weekend. Again, now 6-10 and on the year. And the third and final takeaway from the weekend series is that the Orioles have found their closer. And I don't think they were ever at a point where they were really searching for different guys. I think we learned that Jorge Lopez... Kind of had the job early in the year. I mean, he got the Orioles' first save opportunity, home opening day against the Brewers. He comes into the ninth in a 2-0 game and secures the win. But this weekend, he showed that not only did he have the role, but he has earned the role, and he's going to keep the role. And now, this doesn't mean that Lopez is only going to strictly pitch in the ninth inning when the Orioles are up by three runs or less. Or, you know, the, the home game top of the ninth when it's tied. He's going to pitch in other spots. He's going to get, you know, five outs. We've seen him do that. He's going to pitch in the eighth in a tie game. But when the Orioles need a save and Lopez is ready to pitch, he is going to come into the game. Jorge Lopez with two saves on the weekend for the O's. His season number is now eight appearances, nine innings out of the Oriole bullpen. He's allowed just two earned runs. That's a 2.00 ERA on six hits, struck out 13 and walked just four. He's got the four saves. And the expected batting average against him, just 155 for opponents so far this season. And he's got closer stuff. And the thing is, you know, he's kind of throwing three pitches right now, but still working in all four pitches. You see a lot of guys go from starters to the bullpen. They lop off some of their pitches. Hasn't fully happened yet for Jorge Lopez. He's a four-pitch closer. And they're all kind of working for him. You know, he comes in the game Friday, O's have the 5-3 lead in the ninth, gives up a hit, but strikes out two, no walks, through just 17 pitches. He threw eight sinkers. It was at 98 miles an hour, five curve balls and four sliders. And then he comes right back the next day, a little bit of a tougher save. It's a five-four game. In the ninth. And listen, he was facing some pretty good hitters. Like, you know, he did give up a single to Trout, but he had to face Trout. He struck out Rendon. You know, he got some good hitters. Saturday, kind of basically the same stat line. An inning, one hit, no runs, two Ks and no walks. He threw one more pitch on Saturday. It was 18 pitches. Seven sinkers. It was right there. Averaging about 98 miles an hour. This time he threw six curveballs, which, you know, was pretty even to Friday. Four sliders again. And his only difference was he threw one extra pitch in the game on Saturday and he worked in a changeup. He only threw the one changeup all weekend out of the 35 pitches he threw, but you know, it's still a pitch he likes to work in from here and there, but it, it's obviously his number four pitch right now, but he's got the closer stuff and he's got the numbers to back it up. It's not just the good ERA and you know, the four for four and save so far, but this is a different pitcher. I mean, this is a guy throwing 98 with movement. I mean, he threw a pitch. I mean, it, I can't believe some of the stuff that he's throwing, like the 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 ninety nine mile per hour sinkers that are running in on guys' hands. He threw one in the game Friday for a strikeout. The stuff's ridiculous right now from Jorge Lopez, and he loves that overhand knuckle curve that gets some swings and misses. It's good stuff. Here's the the you know the deeper stats that really back up how good he's been. How about a twenty percent hard hit percentage? That means just twenty percent of the balls that are hit are ninety five mile per hour or more off the bat. Now. That sounds like a pretty good number, but here it is in context. Lopez last year when he had, you know, the ERA around five as a starter and a reliever, he was at 44% hard hit percentage. It's down to 20 now out of the bullpen this year. And again, I know it's only nine innings of work. That's one good start, maybe two good starts if you're a starter. So it's not a huge sample size, but that's pretty good. How about the average launch angle for Jorge Lopez is negative three degrees. That's how many grounders he's giving up. And that's how little guys are hitting the ball in the air off of him. Because of that good sinker and that changeup that goes down, they're just pounding the ball into the ground when they hit it. An average launch angle of negative three is ridiculous. Every hit ball is going straight into the ground, basically. That's what you want when you're throwing that sinker and you're not getting a strikeout. How about the average exit velo? is just 84.1 miles per hour off the bat. It was about 90 miles per hour against Lopez last year. And how about this one, too? Now, this isn't... A crazy stat yet because it's only been nine innings. He's only had 20 batted balls against him. So 20 balls have been put in play against Lopez this year in his nine innings of work. That's not a very big sample size. You know, even the qualified number right now is 25 for pitchers. So, you know, it's not a big sample size at all. And there's, you know, in terms of guys with 20 or more balls put in play, There's, you know, 40 50 guys who are still at this number right now, but it's still impressive. He is not allowed a barrel all season. Now you can't specifically quantify what a barrel is, but basically the easy way to understand it is a ball hit off the sweet spot of the bat. Now it is determined via certain launch angles. So if you have a perfect launch angle, the exit velocity doesn't need to be crazy high. If you have a crazy high exit velocity, The launch angle doesn't need to be perfect. And it's kind of a calculation that varies a little bit depending on at what angle you hit the ball. Then the exit velocity differs a little bit to what is considered a barrel. But at the end of the day, basically think of it, you know, if you were a baseball player or a softball player, when you square that ball up, you hit it off the perfect spot of the bat, you hit a screamer into the outfield that feels like, oh, I barreled that one. They basically made a stat to quantify that. And of the 20 balls put in play off Jorge Lopez this year, zero barrels, none. None. And again, that's not crazy. There's a lot of other relievers who are at that point this year. Zero barrels. That's why he hasn't given up a homer. That's why he's not giving up extra base hits. That's why those the singles he gives up are just kind of grounders through the middle. Zero barrels. He was barreled about he was barreled over 9% of the time in 2021. Now that's not absurdly high, but it's not low either for a starting pitcher. He's just not getting hit hard. He's throwing 98. With sink, he's striking guys out, and when they're hitting it, it's easy grounders for us at this point, solid defensive infield to, to pick up. He's given a little Zach Britton vibes with the good sinker where he's getting strikeouts, but he's getting a lot of grounders. The difference is, you know, Britton was basically sinker 95% of the time, slider 5% of the time. Lopez is throwing the sinker and the curveball and the slider and the changeup. And we'll see if that shrinks a little bit. But he's not just going to be, again, in that ninth-inning role. He's going to play other roles. But he's going to get saves for the Orioles this year. If you're a fantasy baseball player, you might want Jorge Lopez. But, man, I mean, some of the best stuff. That is the best stuff I've ever seen from Jorge Lopez. This weekend, Friday night specifically, was the best I've ever seen Lopez look. And Saturday night, he was almost as good. We talked all last year, move him to the bullpen. Please move Jorge Lopez to the bullpen. They do it in September. He gets hurt on the freak injury, misses the rest of the year, and then boom, back in the pen this year, and we're seeing what would have happened down the stretch had he not got hurt. Orioles fans, we were right. Orioles did it. It worked out. I think they got a pretty good reliever in Jorge Lopez. But that'll do it for today. Orioles take two out of three from the Angels. Big series win. Thought the O's played, even though they took two out of three from the Yankees last weekend, thought this was their best series of the year. Just baseball all around. I really thought it was. Nice job by the Orioles. They had an off day today as they travel back to the East Coast. And then they got the Yankees tomorrow, starting a three-game series in the Bronx Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And back here on the podcast tomorrow, we're going to talk a little more about Bruce Zimmerman. Because I know I talked about him at the top of the show today. was our first big takeaway, how good he was Friday. But... There is a void in the Orioles' rotation for the rest of this year and possibly a good chunk of next year that is left by John Means after he announced this weekend that he's getting Tommy John surgery. Bruce Zimmerman is going to be the guy to fill that role, I think. He's been pretty good. But tomorrow, I'm going to go in-depth on Bruce and in-depth on Means and tell you why not only is Bruce Zimmerman filling in for John Means, but Bruce Zimmerman may be John Means 2.0, another diamond in the rough for the Orioles. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.